Welcome on in to your Thursday Locked on Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky going solo once again today. Tim Leonard will be back next week, so can't wait to get his thoughts on everything that happened in the world of Syracuse. We'll talk, we might do an entire rundown next week of everything Tim missed and anything he wants to react to, just so you can get his thoughts on a lot of the things that happened last week. we got a jam-packed show today. We're going to talk about some of the comments made by Syracuse football players today, some strong, strong stuff coming out of the Orange program, including maybe a game in jeopardy for the upcoming season. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. And also... One of my favorite guys to follow in all of college basketball, John Rothstein. He does his Rothstein 45. And guess what? The Alan Griffin news that we got from yesterday, well, it's putting a big, big shakeup in his Rothstein 45. So we will talk about that and get you a little hoops fix on the show. But we start with football today because this can't be ignored. Some of the comments that came out of the Orange program today, again, I feel like Syracuse is not getting its due in the national media for everything that they are doing and the way that they are approaching this COVID-19 and all the protocols and procedures that are going on right now. Aaron Service, uh, one of the offensive linemen for the Orange, a guy who's entering his senior season, and Luke Benson, a tight end for this Orange football team, both spoke with the media yesterday. And I had three major takeaways from this. And I think takeaway one and takeaway two are going to lead into the greater conclusion of this. The Liberty game is not going to happen for Syracuse football. I just don't see it happening right now with the way that these players are talking about this. So my takeaway number one is that we are seeing the shift in player empowerment right before our very eyes, and that's what's going to lead to this. And I don't, I didn't think we'd see it come out of Syracuse. I really didn't. I thought, okay, maybe it's going to take one of these programs like a Clemson or an Alabama or a Georgia, at least on the football side of things, to really show that we are seeing a shift in player empowerment. But let's listen to – well, not listen. I'll read you what Aaron Service said about the Liberty Protocols and if players would sit out if they feel unsafe for any game. If we don't feel that our opponent has done what they need to do to ensure team safety, it could end up that that's the case, that being they would sit out, that we don't play that game. Luke Benson also was asked the same thing and said that there's a concern with it, and it'll be dealt with if slash when that game arrives by someone higher up than himself. However, he was also asked later uh, as sort of a follow-up to it, and um, it said that the potential decision to cancel a game doesn't have to necessarily come from a higher-up because the players have proven these last couple of weeks that they can have this sort of power. And Benson went on and said, once we get down the road to that, we'll have to decide as a team. I wouldn't say that's impossible. Right there, you are hearing the shift in power. Usually, it would have to be John Wildhack that would have to make the boldest of bold claims that we are going to cancel a game. We are not going to go and play this team. We are not letting them get on a plane and come within our little bubble that we've got up here in Syracuse. We have never seen anything like this before. And I find that staggering. And the fact that we are finally at this right now Good on the players. Recognize your worth. 
Recognize what you bring to this university. And if you think something's wrong, call them out for the BS. And that's exactly what I think that the Syracuse team, and in this case, the representatives being Aaron Service and Luke Benson, are doing. They are showing that we wield the power to play that game. This is not a decision that is necessarily going to be made by John Wildhack, even by Dino Babers to a degree. Listen, if Dino Babers has the players for it, I'm sure they'll play. But I would not be surprised if a number of players sit out that game if it does somehow come to fruition. And I would also not be surprised, like I kind of mentioned earlier in the week, if we saw more guys opt out based on what they're seeing and the protocols that are in place at schools from across the country and especially within the ACC. Takeaway number two. Here's what I got. So the ACC testing protocols look like they're getting upped. And I told you about this a week ago, maybe earlier this week. I can't remember. Time is something that is just all over the place these days. Anyway, Aaron Service, and this was this was very strong stuff here, said that to my understanding, the ACC will move to a three times per week testing model during the season. Interesting enough, Syracuse was the first team from the ACC to say, we are going to go to three times testing a week. And I told you that Syracuse could be setting the precedent here because it goes back to the analogy that I put forth. If you're in the grocery store checkout line and your older brother is getting his pick of the candy aisle, you're going to want that too. And Syracuse, they picked themselves out a nice little Reese's. So guess what? Players talk. We're in the social media era now. Everyone kind of knows each other to a degree, whether they they talk before games or after games while they're getting ready in warm-ups or post-game handshakes, or they played high school ball together, or social media has enabled relationships that these players would have never thought possible. Or, I mean, even think about in your own lives about the social media relationships that you may have with people and the community aspect of things. Right now, I bet you a number of ACC players said we want this to become the standard. Their concerns were met, and now the ACC is going to likely move to that three times per week. And guess what? The Clemsons, the Georgia Techs, the Virginias, the Virginia Tech, the rest of the ACC is also getting a Reese's from mom. So I told you that this is something that could possibly happen. And now we are seeing that three times per week model likely coming to fruition once the regular season gets going. And that's right around the corner. We are less than four weeks away from what is scheduled to be the first college football game in the ACC. We'll see if we get there. But right now, that's that's the way they're moving full steams ahead in that manner. And I think this comes down to the larger issue now because, again, tests aren't cheap. They aren't cheap. And while there's a university budget and, and of course, the athletics budget that obviously brings in a lot of money for the Power Five schools, especially in football, what about the group of fives or the outsides or the independents that don't have these giant athletic budgets? Are they going to be able to live up to these ACC standards? Because, again, the only way that you play these non-conference games is if the testing protocols and the health and safety protocols are ACC equivalent and approved. 
if Liberty is going to do their shenanigans that they're doing down in Virginia, then they're not going to be playing Syracuse, and they're not going to be playing the other two ACC schools that are on the schedule. And we know that a number of ACC, or rather ACC team officials, have said that they have had concerns, John Wildhack being one of them. They have concerns with what's going on in Hugh Freeze's program. And if they cannot live up to this, or in the case of some other schools, if they can't afford to do this with their football budget that they have, then guess what? They're not playing. They will not be playing against said ACC teams. And you know what? Good on the players for striking this conversation up and getting this to where it needs to be because the fact that we were going to go through a season of you're getting tested once a week on a game on a day closer to game day. So when you couple the fact that you've got Syracuse players who seemingly on the surface do not want to play against a team like Liberty with their testing protocols in place. And on top of that, you've got a beefened up protocol regiment that's becoming standard across the ACC that Liberty must meet. It just doesn't add up. This does not equal Syracuse playing Liberty. I don't see it. I I think that they might be stubborn coming out of Liberty and not up their protocols. And also, who knows if it's in the budget? Who knows? It, It just does not look like something that is going to happen here in 2020. All right, coming up next, I'll get to that third thing that I saw and took away from the service and Luke Benson press conferences. And also, I'll go through some other football notes because some big things happened yesterday, including a former Syracuse player getting picked up in the NFL. And I think that it actually says a lot about what kind of player he could be at the next level. I will get to all of that next. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. You know, this is that time of year you're using your car a lot because, hey, no one really wants to get into an airplane these days. So you're taking some road trips maybe. You're driving the kids to practice or whatever. And that means you're putting a lot of wear and tear on your car, and you may need to also maintain your car with everything that's going on right now with that excessive car use. And the best way to do it is by going to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the easiest way to get your car repaired. And it's a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Be sure to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. RockAuto.com gives you a super easy catalog to navigate and guess what? You see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brand, specifications, and all that good stuff. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always going to be low and they're the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Be sure to go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so I hit you with a couple of takeaways that I had from Aaron Service and Luke Benson. Let me get to that third one. I mentioned there were three. Let me cap it off right here. And it's the fact that these players are taking this seriously. Very, very seriously. Hit the rewind button if you're old enough and go back to when you were in college. Would you be making a lot of these same decisions? Would you be doing the same extensive research about your health? 
especially amid a global pandemic. I mean, the fact that Aaron Service, and let me read you the, the, the quote here about this, and he says that, that he has done a lot of research uh, and he really wants to be informed on this myocarditis, the, the heart uh, problems and complications that can arise from COVID-19. So Service said, for me personally, I've been trying to get the most information that I can for me to make the most knowledgeable decision that I can. And he said that this myocarditis risk was something that really, really concerned him when he, he saw this. But he now is a little more at ease based on the information that he's gathered. But are you, when you were in college, would you have sought out this sort of information and research? Because I know for myself personally, if, if I felt sick, if I had a scratch, if I had a bruise, if I had some sort of injury, I'm just going to try to shake it off and hope something gets better. And maybe that, that's something that, that's wrong with me personally. And, and that's something that I should probably start getting checked out by doctors and whatnot. But for these student athletes to go out there, do their homework, and it's not just service. It seems like a number of players are looking into this and are doing their homework and their research to get the answers that they view suitable. And so good on Aaron's service because he is showing a level of maturity that is well beyond its years. And I think we're seeing that a lot with athletes nowadays. I mean, look at all of the young players in whatever professional league or even in college to a degree that are making, I mean, they just seem well beyond their years. They, they're well-spoken. They're not afraid of these big market medias and stuff. Because, listen, in college, a lot of these athletes are tight-lipped. And... We see that for a number of reasons. If you want a little inside baseball here, I mean, there's SIDs who try to control the message and make make sure that these players aren't saying things that they shouldn't be. I mean, this this isn't Johnny from the Baldwinsville High School newspaper asking these guys questions. No, I mean, the, these are, in some cases, big market reporters. In, in, in the case of Syracuse, a top 75 market reporters that are asking these sort of questions and... and Really, you're looking at these players, and they're going out and speaking their minds. I am surprised, and and uh, honestly, I'm I'm happy to see it too that these players feel that during this period of COVID nineteen and the pandemic that we're amid, that they are going out and making their voices heard. And it's not just Syracuse; it's across the country that we are seeing this. So I've been really encouraged by that, and I think it's really cool that Aaron Service and Luke Benson, it felt like they kind of put their hearts on their sleeves the other day when they were going out there and basically saying, we're not afraid to go out and cancel a game if we have to because we don't feel safe with what the buffoons down south are doing, that being the Liberty Flames. So good on them. Let me get to some other football notes here. This really stuck out to me. I saw this. In fact, I saw this come across the wire from none other then the one and only Adam Schefter, Evan Foster, former Syracuse safety, signed by the 49ers, team that was in the Super Bowl from a year ago. And here's why this is significant to me. And I always thought Foster was a very underappreciated member of Syracuse's defense from the last couple of years. So he graduated this past season, went undrafted, and he was a really big part. He was a hard-hitting guy. Remember, his nickname 
in college, what the guys all call them, they all call them NyQuil because, and, and this is probably my favorite athlete nickname of all time, they call him NyQuil because he hit guys so hard that he would just knock them out. How great is that, huh? I mean, what a nickname. Anyway, so he was one of the hard-hitting safeties that Syracuse has had, paired alongside Andre Sisco for a very strong secondary for the Orange, a unit that has been one of the strengths in the Orange defense the last couple of years. And Evan Foster, I always felt like got underappreciated because he was a veteran leader. He didn't put up the gaudy interception numbers. He didn't he didn't have the freakish athletic ability, but he just was very steady. Among all the players on Syracuse defensively these last couple of years, you could make the case that Evan Foster was one of the most consistent players, if not the most consistent player. He just did his job. And it speaks volumes to me that he is picked up by the 49ers. You want to know why? You know who their GM is? John Lynch. Hall of Famer, one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game of football. And he sees something in Evan Foster. Now, what does he see? I don't know quite yet. I obviously don't have the the safety eye that John Lynch has. But San Francisco has one of the top-rated pass defenses from a season ago, largely in part to their safeties, Jimmy Ward and Jarkiski Tart. So for them to think, okay, we can bring in Evan Foster – and we're going to pair him up. And again, Evan Foster's not being brought in to be some sort of starter on this team. But we're going to bring in Evan Foster, maybe give him a little run, put him on special teams a little bit, make him earn his keep. That speaks volumes to me. This was a team that was in the Super Bowl a year ago and is once again going to be one of the top teams in the NFL. So Evan Foster getting picked up by the 49ers, I think, is a very significant move. And I hope it works out for him. These training camps are underway. And... I would love to see Evan Foster latch on because I always thought he might have a chance to make it as a pro. I I don't think he's necessarily going to be a star, but he could be a steady guy. Maybe not a starter in the NFL, but he's a guy that you'd be happy to have on your roster. Remember, he was the one that actually knocked out Trevor Lawrence of that Clemson game when Lawrence made that first start. So more evidence of those NyQuil-like tendencies that Evan Foster had. Also, another... A uh, note that I saw come across the wire, it was Drew Gunther, a, I believe a redshirt freshman quarterback for the Orange, but he was a preferred walk-on, and he will go into the transfer portal. And I don't know if you guys saw this, too. He, he tweeted this out, and I'm sure it was floating around the Syracuse Twitterverse, but he posted the transfer email, the, the email like confirming that he's in the transfer portal. It's like the same as if you ordered some, like a dresser off of Amazon, and, and you you get the confirmation email that, hey, your order has been delivered. So he posted the email saying, hey, congratulations, you are in the transfer portal. Let us know if you want out. Let us know if you want to cancel this order. So I found that kind of funny. And But Drew Gunther in the transfer portal probably wasn't going to see time for the Orange, especially with the, the future of the quarterback seemingly set up with Justin Lampson and Tommy DeVito over these next five or so years. All right, coming up next, we will get to the hoops talk because the Rothstein 45 has been updated. The orange is taking a monster leap into the polls. And I noticed something kind of significant, too, with the way that Rothstein formatted everything. I will pass that along to you guys next. Before I get into this John Rothstein and his top 45, the Rothstein 45, as he likes to call it. How do you even come up with the number 45? Anyway. You guys see who the newest person on Cameo is? 
That's right, the coach, Jim Beheim. He is on Cameo. So for those of you who don't know what Cameo is, it's this website where you it, it's all these celebrities and you can pay money to them for them to record a personalized message. So say it's like your, your dad's birthday, you want to get him a little personalized message from Coach Beheim. He takes a video of himself wishing him a happy birthday and sometimes they throw in some extra stuff too. So... Jim Beheim, if you've got the $200, wow, that's that's one of the, the pricier ones that I've seen. But if you've got the 200 to spare, then you can get a personalized message from Coach Beheim and also all the proceeds from this. This was the cool part to me. All the proceeds from Jim Beheim's cameos will be donated to the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation, too. So that's awesome. They always do amazing work in the community. So hats off to Jim Beheim for going on Cameo. So, hey, if, if you're looking to maybe make a donation to the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation of 200 or more dollars, then, hey, why not get a nice little Cameo and a little personalized message from Jim Beheim? So something that I thought was cool, you can check that out if your heart so desires. So the Rothstein 45 has been updated, and Syracuse, a team that was not in any previous iteration of John Rothstein's Power Rankings has now elevated itself with the news that Alan Griffin is going to be eligible for the upcoming season. They are now checking in at 37, so an at least nine-spot jump. We don't know where Rothstein would have had them before, but Tim and I kind of talked about this too because we saw these rankings come out earlier as well and noticed that Syracuse was not a part of them. And we also kind of theorized that, okay, that's probably due to the fact that we don't know what's happening with Alan Griffin because Rothstein has always kind of treaded along the fact, and it's not that he thought this necessarily, but he goes a lot by what the facts are and doesn't pay much attention to the speculation of things per se, um, at least in terms of things that you will know concretely. And he he kind of kept Syracuse out under the assumption that Alan Griffin was not going to be eligible. That's kind of how he always does these things with the, with the eligibility stuff. So Syracuse now 37th in the Rothstein 45. They are seventh among ACC foes, Virginia, Duke, Florida state, UNC, Miami, and Louisville check in ahead of them. And the orange surpassing one of their fellow ACC foes in Georgia tech, who is a little bit deeper down the list on the Rothstein 45 at 42. Um, so I think this is what I kind of take away from this. Syracuse is gaining a little bit of respect here. So they're 37th. Some of the other teams that are close to them rankings-wise, you've got Miami checking in at 31st and Louisville at 32nd. And Tim and I have kind of talked about this, and this is something that I do want to talk about with him next week, is that we kind of see these tiers within the conference and after the first, let's say, three teams, because I think there's three teams head and shoulders above the rest. Those are Virginia, Duke, Florida State. But after that, when you get to Carolina, Miami, and Louisville, the playing field really levels out. Now, I think the quality of team also dips a lot from Tier 1 to Tier 2, but the playing field levels out a significant margin. And of those four teams... Actually, no, let's throw in a fifth team. Let's throw Georgia Tech in there as well. So UNC, Miami, Louisville, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech. Of those five teams, if you told me that one of those teams is going to be above the rest, above the, the other four, I would buy it because 
I think they're all pretty even. They all have different strengths. They all have different weaknesses. And I think the playing field is pretty, pretty even. Any of those teams could beat each other. And I don't just say that to use the old sports cliche of the, oh, any given Sunday. But when you look at the makeup of these teams, a lot of them have a lot of returning talent coming back. A lot of them are losing stars. I mean, just look across the board there. You've got... UNC losing Cole Anthony, Louisville losing um, Jordan Wara from their team. And, and then you, you even go to Miami, and they're losing DJ Vasilovich as well. So you're losing major, major contributors. And then, of course, Syracuse will be without Elijah Hughes for the upcoming season uh, to kind of top it all off there for, for who is getting left out in the, the cold. But... I find that interesting, and Syracuse is starting to get more and more recognition nationally, especially with this news of Alan Griffin. I mean, if you're the 37th best team in the country, that's good stuff, and you've got a chance to elevate into that top 25, hopefully with a a full-ish season inbound. And we're going to see what this Syracuse team is made of. Again, I've kind of talked about this before, but I think a lot of this is going to hinge on how good is Syracuse's big three, really, with, with Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and Alan Griffin? How big of a step did all those guys take in the offseason? That's going to be the difference between last year's Syracuse and this year's Syracuse. Last year's Syracuse team won that was probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. If you had to ask me, it was 95% no and 5% yes. So... That'll be interesting to monitor. But here is the thing that I found most interesting. So when you look through this list of the Rothstein 45, it gives you the projected starting five, key losses, key newcomer, key newcomers, sit-out transfers, and the projected bench. And here's what I found shocking. Not shocking, I'll say, but actually a little shocking. The projected bench, it kind of lists the players in order of when they are going to come off the bench. And if you asked me prior to reading this, who the Orange's sixth man would be, now let me just give you the starting five uh, first. So Rothstein's got Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, Alan Griffin, Marek Dolajai, Brahma Sidibe. And Rothstein's as plugged in as they come in terms of college basketball. You've, and especially with Syracuse, you have seen Jim Beheim go on. I mean, Rothstein's got some eating show that he does. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me right now, but Jim Beheim, I believe, was one of his first couple guests that he had on when they went to the varsity. So he's. it seems on the surface like he's got a good relationship with, with Jim Beheim. And Jim Beheim has a great relationship with a number of national media members. But the first name on the projected bench, the guy who it appears based on the way that this thing is laid out, because the projected bench, it's not listed alphabetically. It's not listed by the, what class they're in. Not, it's not listed by position. The first name he's got coming off the bench is Kadari Richmond. And this comes at an interesting time, too, because remember, I think about not even a week ago, we saw a Rothstein tweet come out that said, the Syracuse coaching staff from quote-unquote well-embedded moles in Syracuse that Kadari Richmond has been super impressive for this Orange team. And he, he could be the first guy off the bench now for the Orange. Hopefully, 
he's going to live up to the hype that it seems like he's being built up to by the Orange staff and, and John Rothstein because he's got him ahead of Quincy Garrier. And Quincy Garrier would have been my guess to be the sixth man on this team, but you got to also consider a couple of external factors here. Quincy's had a lot of time off this offseason because he's been recovering from surgery, which we've well documented throughout this week. Kadari Richmond coming off the bench and being your sixth man, again, there is going to be a lot of flexibility in Kadari. He can play pretty much anywhere one to three. And I talked about this earlier in the week. There's going to be a need for that second ball handler for Syracuse. It could be Richmond. Now, there's going to be plenty of games where Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and maybe even Alan Griffin will see a little bit of this. They will play 40 minutes. Opening tip, final buzzer. They're on the floor. But if Kadari Richmond can give you some really good minutes as a freshman, forget 37th in the Rothstein files, this could be a top 25 team. Hopefully, all the hype that's been built up around Kadari Richmond is is true and i'd love to see him succeed for this team because this team as much as we like to to talk about how great the starting lineup is and i i think this starting lineup is fantastic but the depth worries me and the starting lineup i think it's fantastic if they have to play for a segment of games i don't necessarily love any starting lineup if they have to play 40 minutes of games we did see a lot of syracuse shots come up short at the end of games last year, especially late in the season. But if Kadari Richmond can give you quality, quality minutes off the bench, this could be a totally different team. Totally different. Because if you're going to get a guy in Kadari who is great moving downhill, getting to the basket, and, and can be a scoring threat for you, you're looking at a team that once upon a time we went into the season thinking there might be only two scoring threats, and now you could have potentially four. With the addition of Griffin and with Kadari Richmond maybe being a bigger factor than we previously thought. And that's exciting. That is super exciting if you're an Orange fan. So, situation to monitor. We will do all of that throughout the remainder of the summer until we finally see this Orange team take the floor inside the dome so maybe we'll dive into a little more of Kadari Richmond on tomorrow's show I, I, I actually think I, I'd like to do that and we'll also I, I know I teased for today that we would get into David Hale's ACC predictions but so much stuff came flying up the wire that it's gonna have to wait for tomorrow so we will get into the Hale predictions we'll talk maybe a little Kadari Richmond and I'm sure kind of like today where things just happen every single day and we will cover it for you here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tim will be back next week. I'm Tyler Rocky, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.